1: Hello everybody, this is Russ K5TUX, and I am going to welcome you into episode number 129 of Linux Woo! in the Ham Shack. And that woohoo you just heard is from our illustrious co-host, uh, a Pete, V-E-2-X-P-L, who's uh, crunching on combos of the blue cheese variety. How are you doing tonight, Pete?
2: And I'm doing mighty fine. Oh my God, I'm drooling on myself. I'm embarrassed now. Ah, I'm doing fine, he says, with a mouthful of combos spinning all over the place. What's up, y'all? That's my ode to Richard. Richard's in the chat room, so I'm going to be using y'all quite a bit tonight as an ode. As an ode, excellent. (laughs) And
1: I'll see you up right. Also on the show with us tonight is uh, Cheryl, the XYL. Well, not XYL. She's still a YL. XYL coming soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> coming soon. That's after next week when you're right. in <laughs> Uh and I don't think she even knows what that means. So that's good.
3: Yes, oh, yeah. We were having work. a conversation
2: while you were in the bathroom.
1: Oh, I wasn't in the bathroom. You're you were in the bathroom. Yeah, I was playing. Oh wait, myself. I was in
2: the bathroom. That's right,
1: you were, were in the, the bathroom. Computer. I was getting <laughs> rocket fuel. So anyway, it's a show. We have a show, and there's like stuff to talk about. So maybe we should talk about it. What do you think?
2: Oh, okay, that's a really good idea. You that's- said eating is last combo, and I promise I'll stop annoying you with my mouth full of food. Oh, okay, I wish I
1: had something that I could do the same thing with, but I don't. I'm just yeah, going to sit people, here. People uh, who are listening to
2: the show missed the whole. That's why you should listen to well, it's a live because you can be privy to all the conversations that take place. Uh, before the show, or maybe you're lucky that you don't, but I uh, had a long conversation about uh, McDonald's and their hamburgers, how they're made with uh, 100% pure beef, and uh, it made us hungry, thus the combos.
1: Yes, well, unfortunately for me, Pete is the only one who can actually eat right now.
2: You could eat? You could have just gotten food instead of alcohol.
1: No, I could have, but then I would be breaking my diet, so I can't do that. Or have a salad. I don't have a salad. I'd actually have to go out for a salad. <laughs> and unfortunately, every place around here that serves apple? salad closes in like eight minutes. So... do have apples or oranges or a carrot? I do have apples in the fridge, so... Well, that's healthy. It is healthy. And I probably could do that, except we have a show to do. Go get an apple. No, I'm not going to get an apple. I'm going to start on the first story. How's that?
2: Let's edit the
1: whole apple conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it probably will be. It's already been edited out in my mind.
2: So. All right. Excellent. Carry
1: on. All right. So we're going to start with a few uh, short stories, as we usually do on this show that we do here. Uh, The first one is something I read about on Amateur Radio Newsline. And I actually read about it because Amateur Radio Newsline is an audio podcast. But they put out a transcript of their show. So I didn't actually have to listen to them. I just read it. Uh, And there's an interesting story, since the Dayton Hamvention is coming up very, very soon now. Uh, It starts on the 16th of May which is nary a couple of weeks away, and we're going to be there. there. By we, I mean not me. (laughs) You said you might. Russ.
2: Yeah, I can't.
1: Oh, that's too bad. But anyway, Cheryl and I will be there.
2: It's our busy season at work. There's no way. There's no way I can get away.
1: That's a load of crap. You could get away if you wanted to.
2: Well, because I'm unionized, I could, but it would be frowned upon by my bosses and then my life would be miserable after that. And all the work would still be there and then I'd be paying for it. So no, it's uh, because I work in the education sector, uh, I have to, it's, it's just a busy time. Edit this part out too. That was really boring.
3: <laughs>
1: so
2: <laughs> there's going right, to. There's get going with to, it,
1: Pete. Get with it. Yes, that's right. So there's going to be a new youth booth at the Dayton Hamvention this year. Uh, If you're planning to attend this year's Dayton Hamvention, you might want to consider bringing along your sons and daughters. Uh, Thanks to New York City educator Carol Perry, Whiskey Bravo 2, Mike Golf Papa, this year will mark the official introduction of the Youth Booth, where your youngsters can meet and talk with presenters from the Hamvention Youth Forum. Which, that's pretty cool, actually. Uh, Whiskey Bravo 2, Mike Golf Papa says, Dara had been generous enough to give them a booth next to the RCA booth, it is going to call it the youth booth, which uh, I like that. The yeah, youth booth. the youth booth. Uh, there are young the youth, people. The youth booth. The youth booth. <laughs> yeah, the youth booth. <laughs> from the Eastern <laughs> Canada. That's, eh? that's, that's youth booth. That's youth booth. Yes. Uh, young people from the youth forum are going to be in attendance to explain their inventions and to demonstrate them. So it's going to be oh, like cool. interaction, interaction, oh, interactivity, hands on. You should go. You should stand a couple of weeks of frowny bosses. You'll be fine. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I already do that, so I've I've had enough practice. I probably would be fine.
1: (laughs) Uh, The youth booth will be right next to the booth sponsored by the Radio Club of America. And uh, Carol, WB2MGP, hopes to make it an official part of the Dayton Hamvention going forward from this year. So that's a very cool thing. So if you're bringing your kids to Hamvention, check out the youth booth next to the Radio Club of America, wherever that is. I don't know. But it's on the map, so check it out.
2: Even if you're not bringing your kids, check them out anyways. Go give them a high five and uh, say thanks, because I think think that's a great initiative, and I think more... Uh, ham clubs and ham entities should be investing in youth because they are the future of ham radio all of us, all, all of us old farts are dying off <laughs> and if we don't interest the youth uh, the youths there'll be uh, no one to take over and uh, some evil corporation will take over the airwaves and we don't want that yeah we don't want that Anyway, That's, uh, speaking of that uh, the radio club of America isn't that a little pretentious
1: we're the radio
2: club of America
1: I don't know. They could, they could call themselves they? the Radio Club of the World. That would be even more pretentious. Radio Club of the it Universe would be. would be even super pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> well, if
2: you're going to be pretentious, may as well go all the way, I figure.
1: So <laughs> I guess
2: so. Maybe these guys are just, you know, a half-assed effort to begin with. I'm just kidding. I don't know who you guys are. I'm just, I'm just pulling you chains. I'm sure you guys are awesome. Yes. So anyway, and if hope- you're not, give me an email. <laughs> hate mail yes yeah hate mail to harrison and then he'll forward it to me he just lives down the road anyways
1: so hope to see everybody at hamvention this year and if we don't that's too bad but uh, stay in touch keep listening to the show things will happen
2: anyway do you do so- uh any kind of live streaming from the uh not video or audio streaming at all or do you do some sort of live blog while you're there
1: we have not in the past but it's not something we wouldn't we, it's not something we wouldn't not possibly perhaps not consider. I don't know. There's like six negatives in there. So we, we can think about it.
2: I know, just thought or maybe do um a live something like we do once in a while, you know, just a chat with, I don't know. We're just kind of would, throwing it out there. I don't know how, I, I don't say, I don't know how busy you are when you're actually there. So I, I don't know how feasible that would be because if people are coming to the booth and you're talking, you don't really have time to sit there and, and answer the annoying chatty guy who is trying to chat with you.
1: We're usually very busy when we're there. And the the worst part of it, though, is the internet connection. If you don't purchase wired internet, getting internet in the building is almost impossible. Their Wi-Fi is total crap. Trying to get a cell phone signal in there to do like a tether is almost impossible. You know, we'll do what we can, but it's probably going to be difficult. So t- talk about this story, because I know nothing about it. The next one.
2: Yeah, let me get to uh, my notes, because I only put partial notes in the Etherpad because I saw you were working in there, but uh, there's a follow-up on a story that we uh, talked about two or three episodes ago uh, where the uh, ISS was going to implement uh, video, and uh, now uh, Ham Radio in Space, uh, the new ISS Digital Ham video is fully commissioned and functional, so I thought I'd mention that real quick. Uh, This from uh, KC5ZTA from the ISS quotes, It is my pleasure to proceed to the Ham Video's functional commissioning. I feel honored to inaugurate this new amateur radio educational facility, which will enhance space conversations between crew members and students. Good segue since we're just talking about Utes. So uh, he congratulates the uh, RS program for the acquisition, and uh, he continues, I wish uh, I wish Ham Video a long life and plenty of successful school contacts. So uh, KC5ZTA is a Kyoto Noguchi Wakata, who is the uh, operating station, uh, sorry, who is the, um, what is he, the commander of the uh, ISS presently, the present commander of the ISS. Make it was- true. He was um, yeah. <laughs> And he was operating uh, OR4ISS, which is the uh, call sign of the station. So uh, he did this during a live ceremony, uh, inaugurating this new uh, digital ham uh, video station on board the uh, orbiting outpost, which is very cool. Uh, so uh, he continues uh, by saying, yen, yen, blah, 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 long life, yada, yada. I won't read you the whole thing, but uh thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, he made a contact with the school during the inauguration, and he took questions from uh, the students and the first question for and this is a video uh, video chat now which is pretty cool the first question was is it noisy in Columbus and the answer was no it's very quiet and comfortable the work in Columbus I guess the students were in Columbus the uh, new commissioning of the ham radio uh, system was recorded and is online from several sources for anyone to watch I invite you guys to check it out Uh, and in the show notes there'll be a uh, tiny URL uh, for the YouTube link tinyurl.com slash new dash iss dash ham dash video so uh, you guys can check it out if you want I have not yet uh, but I want to check it out just because I'm curious so uh, I thought that was kind of interesting uh there you go check it out
1: that's very cool and I did not know anything about it except for what you said before and now that it's sort of up and running I'm gonna take a look at it so hopefully everybody else will too
2: yep and I'm guessing that uh, during the um the contacts there must be some way of logging in most likely via NASA TV I would think because uh, they're usually quite good at uh, broadcasting whatever's going on in the ISS, anyways.
1: Another channel that I don't get a chance to watch nearly as often. It's as It's cool. That.
2: You should. It's it's cool because even when there's nothing going on, um, they'll show you educational kind of stuff about the ISS or about uh, other space stuff. You know, it's it's kind of a it's a neat little channel. I I don't watch it as often as I would like to, uh,
1: but it's certainly interesting when I do get a chance to have a peek never been bored. Cool. Very cool. So uh, maybe we should involve Cheryl in this. Maybe she can do the next story. Yeah, go nuts. Okay, great. All right. So the next story is Ubuntu takes over Linux 3.13. Ubuntu has taken over, or excuse me, taken some criticism over the years about its upstream Linux kernel participation. That's now likely to change a bit after Ubuntu developers have pledged to maintain the Linux 3.13 kernel. The Linux 3.13 kernel hit its end of life last week, and Linux kernel developer Craig, excuse me, Greg Krohn-Hartman was set to walk away from it. Linux 3.13, however, is a kernel inside the Ubuntu 14.04 LTS, which will have up to five years of support. So Ubuntu developers have now picked up the mantle of maintaining the Linux 3.13 kernel for the next several years. I don't know if I would give them a pass on their you know, lack of upstream pushes in the in the past just because of this. I think they've they got themselves into a pickle by releasing 3.113 as a part of the LTS release. And so now they're you know they're forcing themselves to be committed to it because it's end of life, but their distribution isn't. I, I find it interesting that they're going to maintain it all on their own just because, you know, Torvalds and the, you know, the Linux developers said, oh, we're moving on. And Ubuntu is probably sitting over in a corner going, oh crap. <laughs> we picked the wrong number, <laughs> so not to fear if you're using Ubuntu uh, 14.04 LTS. The uh, folks over at Canonical will be maintaining the kernel for the foreseeable future. Um, if you
2: are worried, then just upgrade to a newer version.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Upgrade to Debian anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's already it's Debian based, isn't it? Yes, it is Debian based. So you can't. So, just go- Yes, you can. Just go back to the source. Don't you know over at going Linux? That's easy. It's
2: easy for you to say. You're like some big giant geek guru guy. But then there's <laughs> us little people who don't know what the hell we're doing who need distributions like Mint that do everything for you.
1: One of my favorite things about going Linux, I assume you listen to that show every once in a while, uh, is their little introduction where they talk about, well, if you're thinking about Windows or moving to Windows or just upgrading to Windows or upgrading to Linux from Windows, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things that they say over there. I can't remember how the how it's worded exactly, but uh, the implication is that you are taking a step up by switching, yeah, which is <laughs> absolutely, which is true. It is true. It's, <laughs> they wouldn't say it if it was a lie. <laughs> they might, but it's not a lie. <laughs> So anyway, uh, so
2: I mean, like I like I always say, if it works for you, and, and I echo Richard's words uh, from way back, if it works for you, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, but you know, if you want to try something different, then uh, Linux is definitely the way to go. Open source, it's free. Uh, it's it's got all the flavors uh, of the rainbow from you know from the easiest distribution that practically installs itself. You know, you could practically just put the CD. You could practically just, just you know, rub the CD on the computer and everything starts working uh, to distributions that you got to compile yourself or even build yourself if you wish to. So um, I think it's, it's awesome for, and, and it's, it really follows the ham radio spirit too of, of tinkering and building and, and exploring and discovering new things. So
1: I think they fit very nicely together. Thus, this show. Absolutely. So moving on to a topic for slightly more advanced users uh, Debian dumps Spark support in its Jesse release. Jesse has technically not been released yet. It'll be the next version of Debian when it actually comes out sometime in 2014. Uh, It is currently called the testing release, which you can download and install if you so choose. I happen to use it quite a bit. And what is Spark, you might wonder? It's, well, let me just go ahead and read the story. Well, x86 has long been a primary server target of Linux. There are many other architectures out there. One of them is Sun... Oracle's Spark platform, which is often thought of as being only about Solaris Unix, Debian had been providing support for its Linux distribution running on Spark since March of nineteen ninety nine. That's that's quite a while. That's that's Way back away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's I now actually that's when I was still young. <laughs> when you were a ute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But that is now over for new releases. On April 26th of 2014, Debian developer Philip Kern announced that Spark support had been removed from the Debian testing branch due to a lack of porter commitments as well as stability issues. Debian testing is the branch that will lead to the Jesse release at some point this year. So if you happen to have an old Spark station or something that runs on a Spark architecture uh, you'll have to use an older version of Debian because uh future versions will no longer support the Spark chipset. I, I have a feeling this affects maybe one or two people who listen to this show, but it was an interesting thing for me because one of the things that I really love about Debian is that its architecture support is so wide. You know, Ubuntu supports basically Intel and AMD chipsets and eh, pretty much nothing else. Debian supports RISC and... You know, Spark. Up until now, uh, they even support 68K max. You know, so we're talking about classic Max. You can run Debian on those things. It, w- it was just one of the coolest things about Debian that, that I really enjoyed. And to see that Spark is going away is, is a little sad. But honestly, since the Spark chip itself has gone away and hasn't been produced in years. It's not terribly surprising. And, of course, you can always get an older version of Debian if you want to continue running on your Spark architecture. So uh, just don't uh, count on updates. That's, that's pretty much the, the sum total of that story. So, uh, if you're
2: running something that old anyways, would you really be looking for updates? Wouldn't it be more of a nostalgic thing or just a, somebody who really, really likes it? And they're probably at ease enough with it that they really wouldn't need support from a third party anyways.
1: Yeah, generally speaking, that's probably the case. I have a Spark station on my desk at work, and the only reason I still have it is because it cost about five thousand dollars when it was bought but right now it's a worthless piece of metal and, and that's why you keep it that's, that's why reason no,
2: i'm not gonna hire you to do my marketing
1: no that well i you know i'm not trying to market the old spark station the only thing is it will debian the older versions of debian will still run on it the thing is if i wanted to buy a version of solaris to run on the thing it would be impossible to do so it may even be impossible to just find somebody who has one to install on it but if I wanted to run Debian, I could, and I could actually bring that machine back to life. So I think that's it for our first segment. And Pete says he has sent me some music, and I have found links to said music. I have not listened to any of this music, so it could awesome. all be it could all be crap. But we're going to try one anyway.
2: Well, I mean, it's all relative. It's what, you know. It'll be crap to some and awesome to others, and just okay.
1: To some some and to others. Yeah. (laughs) 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 All right. right. This track is called Tell the Devil by a group called John Q, which is interesting. We'll talk about John Q after this track is over. And the album is Live at the Hideaway. Stop eating your damn combos. Sorry, I thought I'd muted myself. (laughs) (laughs) While Pete mutes himself and we all get ready to listen to this music, hopefully it's worth listening to. Anyway, we'll talk about it. When we get done.
2: Tell the Devil uh, by John Q, uh, hails from Tampa, Florida, and the U.S. of A. That was released uh, last October, 2013, so uh, relatively new, uh, classified as rock, but you can certainly hear the uh, blues uh, influences in there. Not a bad track.
1: No, know. it's not a bad track. I, I sort of semi-enjoyed that, maybe, a little, possibly. Semi-enjoyed it, come on. <laughs> no, it was, it was better than I thought it would be. <laughs> oh thank you both. thank you very much <laughs> i know the vote of confidence is just overwhelming is it not
2: so uh, filled with love feel uh, love so there you go we hope you enjoyed that it's a little bit a little bit different from uh, what we usually play but i thought it was uh fitting nice uh, mellow bluesy track to start off the podcast
1: well richard likes uh bluesy stuff that was his big thing on resident frequency and he's here tonight. So, how appropriate is that?
2: Yeah. Fate has all been. No, he's not.
0: He left.
2: Oh, bastard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They'll have to listen to the podcast now. Well, the thing is, we're, I'm trying to get him connected, but it's not working. I thought he had no mic. Oh, I don't know. He he's, keeps he calling into the show, but of course, he can't answer. I can't answer it. It's not answering because we're already sure. in conference. So It says be back. So, he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. I got an
2: email a few days back. Wait, wait, that's after Segment 3 emails. We're at Segment 2.
1: No, 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 I'm not doing feedback. I I personally got an email. <laughs> Just from out throw not, you off there. Yeah. Not from a listener, but actually from a service, uh, that service being Ubuntu 1, saying they were going to be discontinuing Ubuntu 1 file services. And uh, the letter I got said, We're writing you to notify you that we'll be shutting down the Ubuntu 1 file service, effective 1st of January, 2014. And the email that I got says it has information about the closure and what you should expect during the shutdown process. Uh, As of today, which I don't remember what today was, but it was a couple of weeks ago anyway, uh, it will no longer be possible to purchase storage or music from the Ubuntu One store. The Ubuntu One file service apps in the Ubuntu, Google, and Apple stores will be updated appropriately. Uh, While the service will stop as of June 1st, you will have until July 31st to collect all of your content. After that date, all remaining content will be deleted. If you have an active annual subscription, the unused portion of your fees will be refunded. I'm not actually sure this applies to anybody because I never used Ubuntu 1, and I'm not sure that I know anyone who applied or actively used Ubuntu 1. But if you did, well, it's going away which doesn't really surprise me at all since you can get, you know, free services or kindred services all over the place on the internet. And uh, Ubuntu one obviously just did not gain the traction that canonical hoped it would. And so rather than keep a service that no one wants, they're deciding to get rid of it. If you're an Ubuntu one user, I'm sorry, but it's going away. And that's all I have to say about that. Shoot. I'm muted. I'm sorry. I'm having this whole
2: intelligent conversation, (laughs) No one could hear me. <laughs> no, I can't even prove that it was intelligent. But I'd be curious to find out how many users they actually had to decide that they weren't. Because, I mean, there must have been some. Do you, do you have any idea what this service did? Because I have no idea.
1: Well, I, I know what it was what it for. It was, it was a service uh, akin to a, a, an app store. And also, it was sort of a crossbreed between an app store and Dropbox, where you had like a, a, the equivalent see. of a Google Drive where you could store stuff. It was basically a cloud service. Um, okay. Well, like, then,
2: why why bother? There's like a billion cloud services.
1: Yeah, I think I just said that. Welcome to the program, Pete. No, no, I know, I, I know I'm, just,
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm echoing your sentiments. Right. I'm just, I'd be curious to find out how many users there actually were, because obviously the what they consider to be the few people who use the service will be pissed off.
1: Right, and they sent it to me because I had signed up for Ubuntu One somewhere along the line, but I had never once used it.
2: I'd actually, I'd heard of it because I actually signed up for it the first time I'd installed Ubuntu, not knowing what it was. And then I was all pissed off that I was signed up for Ubuntu 1 and I didn't know what it was. But then I uninstalled Ubuntu and never went back to it. So I guess it was so long ago, I didn't I never got an email. So I'm, I must be discontinued myself.
1: Yeah, perhaps so. I'm not sure why I even got it because, like I said, I signed up ages ago and never used it. So obviously I was on a mailing list somewhere. But I'm sure this affects somebody, you know, it's probably worth noting that, uh, in two months from now that if you actually have stuff stored on your Ubuntu one service that you probably want to get it off in case you, uh, you know, want to actually keep that data. Um, I think
2: I had some, but I think it was synced, but then I have all my stuff backed up several places anyway. So it won't really matter. I don't think it's there anymore. Like I said, I didn't get the email. Right. Well, now, you know, so now I know,
1: Hey, Richard's back. Richard's back. Yay. I I keep trying to call Richard, but he keeps not answering, so you know what am well, I supposed to do? No Apparently he's trying to call you too. Well, he, he keeps saying ca- answer the phone. I know he cannot call me while we're already in conference. I can you know I cannot answer his call, so he has to answer my call or it does not work. Either that or he can call me and then I can add, add everyone back in. You know, that will work. But uh, it will require, you know, screwing stuff up. Wonder why it's not working, he says. I don't know. But I, like I said, I keep I, <laughs> I keep trying to call him, but, you know, he's not answering me. So either his phone, his Skype is not ringing or whatever it is. You know, every time I hear a, a gerundive form of a verb now, I hear Bob Parsons doing his Sheldon Cooper and emphasizing the G part, the I-N-G.
2: A gerundive? What's a gerundive? Educate me. Gerun- Educate me.
1: Gerundive is... The ing like the the motion form of a verb, you okay. know, going, singing, floating. That's a, that's a gerund. I see. You didn't take as many years of Latin as I did. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Oh, no look! I ago. hear a Richard. Did I hear a Richard? Hey. Yeah, he's there. I could see him. Hello.
0: I can't see me.
1: Oh, you can't see you. We can hear you. That's all that matters. I can see you. I could see you on Skype. You're there, and we can hear you. So the
0: Like proof. you guys are. Are you what? No. Am I? No,
2: Distorted? No, you sound fine. No, people can hear us fine, but okay. I hear I hear everybody distorted as well, and, that, and that's every week for me. But on the stream, you sound perfect, and I, I don't know why I hear. I hear Cheryl and, and Bob very distorted. That's you, Russ. You're Bob now.
1: Oh, I'm Bob now. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I want you all to know this is the gayest show I've ever
1: listened to. Thank you you, you very much. Guess what? You're a part of it. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) There
0: there must be some kind of Canadian something going on here.
2: Up here, you know, we got to get it any way we can to keep ourselves warm.
0: May down here, almost May down here, and it's going to be 40 degrees tonight.
2: Yeah, same here.
0: Golly, y'all talked about a bunch of stuff.
2: 53 here. You got 40? Wow, you're cold. It's 53. You should come up here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's supposed well, 90, that's supposed to be 95 Saturday. Oh,
1: you can keep that. That's horrible. At least it's not not centigrade, uh, at least.
0: Y'all carry on.
1: Okay, we'll carry on. <laughs> You're not in the Etherpad, so you have no idea what we're talking about.
0: No, because the only computer I have access to at this particular moment in time is my number three laptop. And I had to fight to get a copy of XChat on it to get in the chat room a while ago.
1: What the hell? Are you grinding up meat in the background or what? <laughs> Small children.
0: <laughs> hey, it's a cell phone.
1: <clears throat> well, I know it's a cell phone. You could at least be in a quiet room.
0: It's a, ma- it's an amazing fruit-filled cell phone.
1: I thought you didn't do any of that. No, no fruit-filled computers. I thought that was verboten.
0: The, the price was right.
1: Uh, I see. All right.
0: Now, when the garage door finishes opening, Shouldn't
1: be a lot of noise. Oh, i good. I hope not. Classic Look. Richard. All the house. Hey, why is your office in the garage? We have learned two things. Richard lives in the garage, and he can be bought. Garages <laughs> are cool. They're like lots. That's true. They're, they're open That's
2: concept. It. You know, a lot of space. <laughs> I have nothing against them.
1: All right. So we're we gonna do the next story.
0: Sure. Well, I don't know what is it.
1: Okay, you can do it. AM radio self education made easy. Yes. I guess I should do this one because I j- I got this just before the show from uh, a folk uh, a folk yeah God man I don't know somebody shoot me no Richard don't come up here because I know you'd do it no answer oh he's gone cool or something. Um. <laughs> Uh, you know, he's still connected, so I don't know. He just maybe muted. I don't know. Anyway, I got this from a gentleman in the chat room named Symbola, and if he has a call sign, I'm not sure what it is. Maybe he will, you know, be nice enough to post that information before I get too much further along with this. But anyway, he, uh, he asked if I could uh, mention this on the show, and I, it's a uh, ham radio related, and I thought it was actually kind of interesting. Uh, he said, There are several ways to get started on your own in ham radio doing self education basically uh Dan Romanchik, Kilo Bravo 6 November Uniform provides what he calls the no nonsense study guides available for download at www.kb6nu.com/tech-manual think I'm of these gu- there. I'm there right now oh excellent think of these guides as the cliff notes to ham radio licensing manuals the technician and general guides are free Free is good. They are. I could I'm I'm confirming. Dan does charge a reasonable fee of 799 That's uh $7.99 US.
2: <laughs> $799. <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: for the extra <laughs> no. guide, which is cheaper than eating lunch at most fast food restaurants. And that oh, is absolutely. in fact true. Absolutely true. Anki, A-N-K-I, Alpha November Kilo India. Is a flashcard program that is cross-platform and will run on Windows, Linux, and Mac, and Android for free. iPhone users, Anki is $24.99. That's $24.99 US. Uh, There's a web option that will work on the iPhone for free with some limitations. And you can get Anki card decks available for all three of the licensing exams. Uh, That's the US licensing exams, Tech, General, and Extra. Uh, you can check out Anki at HTTP colon stroke stroke Anki SRS dot net. That's Alpha November Kilo India Sierra Romeo Sierra dot net. And also EHAM provides practice exams for free. Free, free, free. E- EHAM offers practice exams for all three licensed classes and they are a great way to measure your knowledge. If you can pass the practice exams at 90% or better more than once, you might want to try it a few times then you should be able to pass the real exam and get licensed. You can I think find- Cheryl was using that, wasn't she? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Yes, I was.
2: Yeah, at thy memory. See, I listened to her. Maybe Excellent. I should be married to
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, then, I'd sure. stop <laughs> then I'd Here we go <laughs> <listening>. again.
0: Here we go again.
1: Then I'll be married to your wife. We can do the wife swap thing. That was a show once upon a time.
2: Uh, a wife swap it, or something you did on works. Linux
1: and the Ham Shack? No, wife swap.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I've seen that actually. That's actually quite a, kind of hilarious. But uh, anyways, getting back to the story, uh continue.
1: Yeah, you can find those exams at www.eham.net/exams. Uh and that information actually came from Simbola as I remembered, and I haven't checked the chat room to see if he bothered to uh to mention that. Uh yes, he is KC0, uh KC0, CJS, kilo Charlie 0, Charlie Juliet Sierra. Uh, and uh, this information he got from his local radio club up, up in Iowa, which is uh, the Great River Amateur Radio Club, Whiskey right. Zero, Delta Bravo, Quebec.com. Shout Whis- out to the Great
2: River Radio Club. Yes, uh, absolutely. The, the KB6NU uh, manuals, by the way, are available for, uh, I don't know, did you mention uh, Kindle, uh, Nook? Uh, they're also available as uh, PDFs.
1: No, I did not mention that.
2: Cool. Uh, Amazon Kindle, Barn, Barnes & Noble, Nook. And you can get a print version if you'd like to read paper,
0: <laughs> which is also uh, useful. Kipper killing me. Chicken nuggets, nooks, holy mackerel.
2: <laughs> That's what well, we do is, here. I'm just reading what's on the website. We, do kill the messenger. We live to annoy Richard. And then there's a cute little sticky on here that says, hams obey Ohm's law. <sighs> I don't believe that. Only when practical. Only, yeah. <laughs> but uh, lots of good comments on here, too. So um, free study material is awesome, and I recommend you guys check out the website.
1: I recommend that as well. I don't know what Richard does. Do we want to know? I, uh, I'm
2: curious about uh, Symbolus comments as a fellow Iowan. And is that what you call people from Iowa? Iowans? It sounds like a sect or a cult. I would have called them, like, Iowanians. Iowanians? <laughs> yeah. Iowanites? I were nice. There you go. You say symbola. We're gonna rebaptize y'all.
1: Am I gonna do a live? Oh, actually, Richard is here. This is good because I was actually in the, gonna do a brief live install of SolidX because we had uh, mentioned uh, from from a couple of folks about the SolidX distribution. And last I heard, Richard was actually running SolidX. Is that is really? that? Yeah.
0: Well, no, I played with it on a live CD for a little bit. It looks real good. It's slick, slick slick-looking, and it's using my favorite manager, so you can't hardly beat that. And uh, I really did get long to play with it. We've been moving, so all the computers are in disarray.
1: And and there goes the garage door. Yeah. (laughs) It's getting
0: cold. It's shut now. It's shut now.
1: Now – so you're saying your favorite window manager is XFCE?
0: No, my favorite one. No, no, no. Package manager.
1: Oh, package manager. Debian. You're talking about Deb and D-Package. No, I'm talking about Synaptic. Oh, Synaptic. Well, that uses Deb and D-Package on the back end. Right. Yeah, of course. So <clears throat> were you running Solid X or Solid K?
0: one I downloaded called itself Solid X.
1: Solid X. Okay, so that's the one with the XFCE desktop because they also have Solid yeah. K. Which is k d e based
0: and in fact, they've got it set up where it looks a lot like gnome, what gnome two, yeah, but a half two, and three quarters, six and seven eighths
1: right x f c e is sort of based on the gnome two model, it's just it's sort of a lightweight, no three d rendering, no compositing, no you know heavyweight crap like
0: that, yeah, I'm unsure what the version number is in Canadian number.
1: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start up uh, a copy of I've downloaded the ISO via BitTorrent of SolidX, which is the XFCE-based version of the solid distribution. This is based on both Linux Debian and Linux Mint, uh, according to their website. I guess I can uh, read a little bit of their about SolidXK on the, on the website there, which is at SolidXK.com, which, by the way, is Sierra Oscar Lima Yankee Delta X xraykilo.com, uh, if you're looking for that. Uh, it says, Solid XK aims to be simple in use, providing an environment that is both stable and secure. It's an open-source alternative for small businesses, nonprofit organizations, and home users. Both of these editions were mainly created with the help of the community. That's the XFCE and the KDE. But without them, they simply wouldn't exist, especially with the XFCE edition, where the community decided which software was to be included and which software was not. So these distributions are really community-driven. Uh, when it became clear that the unofficial editions were not going to become official, I decided to take the next step and let these great distributions stand on their own two feet, and the unofficials got their proper names, SolidX X and Solid K. Um, Solid X, K, and Linux Mint work closely together to make our distributions even better. Uh, and that's from Shoje. Schl- 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 Schleit- Schl- i I don't know some kind of crap uh who is apparently the the main developer of uh solid x and solid k so what i was going to do is since i don't really know anything about this distribution but i know that it's debian uh and linux mint based was gonna fire this thing up in a virtual machine and see what it looks like uh so let's let's go ahead and do that and if the show ends right here you know why so well
0: my, well, my understanding is that it's uh uh, strongly influenced by LMDE, so it's supposed to be a rolling release. Also, no no need for reinstalling every three months, six months, well, whatever the thing.
1: I'm <laughs> happy. Yeah, I'm a fan of rolling releases. I can live with that. I, I'm a Debian user, so uh, as I first initially start this thing up, uh, the ISO starts loading, and it looks very Debian-like. I see a lot of uh, text-based stuff. The initial splash screen was graphical and rather sexy looking, kind of glossy. Not bad.
0: Told you it's got a, it's got a slick interface. They they spent the time on the on the uh, artwork.
1: So uh, right now, all the services are starting up in my VM, and I'm waiting for a desktop login. And look, a train. Great.
0: Maybe they'll run into the garage door. <laughs> I
1: don't know if it'll keep it from keep you from raising and lowering it. That'll be fine by me. And then, a
0: cra- and then a train started coming.
1: All right. My desktop environment is uh, slowly initializing, and we'll get a look at what SolidX looks like. And, of course, this is the X version, which is based on XFCE and Linux Mint. We have a sort of GNOME-like interface, which is pretty typical of XFCE. One, one bar across the bottom with a menu on the left and uh, typical information like... Uh, network connections, sound, volume, and the clock on the right-hand side. It brings up a desktop with the Solid X logo. Uh, nice gradient, pretty slick looking. Uh, there's an installer on the desktop, so if I wanted to do an install, which I might actually try here, I could do that. Uh, but it's running in a live environment straight off the ISO image, which is nice. Let's see. The menu brings up... A couple of favorites, which are Firefox, Terminal Emulator, Pigeon for Instant Messaging, XChat, uh, Synaptic as the software manager. And, of course, I have a lot of stuff that looks very much like uh, Debian or Linux Mint. We have Word as the word processor. We have a dictionary program. We have a document viewer, uh, which I think is events. We have file search called Catfish file search, Clipman, Clipboard Manager. Ooh, what else we got here? What the hell is this? Excel, E-X-A-I-L-E. I've never seen that before.
0: It's an audio
1: player. It's an audio player. How about that? Yeah. Yep, yeah. It sure is. Yeah, kind of like a, uh, oh, what the hell is that like? Kind of like iTunes Lite. <laughs> Very light, it looks like. Uh, maybe more like Totem, uh, but only for audio. We have a lot of stuff. We have Gparted. We have Java. uh, Lots of preferences. Welcome screen customizations. There's all kinds of stuff in here. Maybe I should go ahead and try the installer. I'm going to go ahead and click on install. Let's see what happens here. Let's see how user-friendly this thing is. I certainly started up right out of the box and just fired up fine. Had no issues with it whatsoever. Of course, I'm in a virtual box, virtual machine environment. Okay, the first thing it wants to know is my language, and it defaults to United States English. Well, that's good for me, because that's what I speak. It wants a time zone, so I select U.S. Chicago, which is the one I typically select. It wants to know my account credentials, so I'll put in some basic data here. And it wants a host name, so I'll call it SolidX. Uh, very inventive, I know. Let's see. No partition table was found. Do you want to installer to create a set of partitions? I'll click on yes. Let's see how, how intelligent the partitioner is. Let's see. It created a swap partition and basically an entire slash partition with no other partitions in it, which is good enough for a demo install. So I need to select the fact that this is the root partition. So I'll select that and I'll make it ext4, and then I'll move forward. And it says, "Do I want to install GRUB in the root partition or in the boot partition?" And I do, of course, the master boot record, and click a button, and the install has started. So it says the installation will take from fifteen to thirty minutes, depending on your settings. I bet it goes faster than that. At least I sure hope it does. Because I was other- going to
2: say that's kind of that seems long, considering that a lot of distributions installed in like five minutes
1: yeah otherwise it's gonna be like watching paint dry here but hopefully this will uh go pretty quick so still faster than windows might i say it, which is funny that the thing about watching paint dry is because remember a few episodes back we had an interview with uh j dig hsx um who is a ham radio operator from northern michigan a lot of people really enjoyed that interview, and the, uh, you know, uh, he gained quite a few YouTube followers, uh, from our talking with him. And, oh, uh, we, uh, I heard from a few of them saying that they really enjoyed some of the videos he put up there. Well, one of his most recent videos was him making a sign, um, actually creating a sign, uh, using like a home built CNC machine, which was very, very fun to watch but there was a part of it there was about uh, a minute of that video wherein you actually got to watch paint dry and it was probably the most interesting minute of watching paint dry that I have ever seen i would definitely check that out if you know you get a chance was it
2: stop motion or accelerated
1: no it was it was accelerated um but okay. but you were literally watching paint dry but it was it was great it was fun <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you're going to watch it fast, it's fun. Not if you have to watch it in real time.
0: And dang, you know, Russ is getting old. It, 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 it's getting easier to uh, keep him interested. Yeah, apparently.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, My standards are going down, down, down. So. Hmm.
0: Well, as far as the the uh, partitioner on that particular distribution, since it's got uh, G-parted in the, in the menu, I would imagine they probably used it for the partitioner. I would think. Oh, I would think.
1: Could. Yeah, I'm sure they absolutely did. But usually they put some sort of graphical overlay on top of it. And it seemed to be reasonably reasonably straightforward. The only thing that wasn't clear from what I could see was that even though it created the partitions, it did not define the, the main partition as the root partition. You had to do that manually. Yeah. Uh, and for a newbie user, that might be a step above what they're comfortable with. But... You know, it, it was, I mean, certainly easy enough for me to figure out, but for someone who'd never, who'd come into SolidX, you know, totally blind, they might not have had any idea what, what they should have done in that instance, which is, I don't know, maybe something that can address in a future release.
0: Well, that's so. why you steer them to Linux Mint if they're brand new.
1: Well, that's true. But this this says it's supposed to, it's supposed to be usable and functional right out of the box. And yeah. I guess if you're not installing it, it kind of is, but, you know, you don't have persistent storage unless you set it up, and that's probably above the, you know, the average noob level as well.
0: That's true. And uh, they do have a variety of ways to install it. Uh, You can install it to a USB stick and stuff, and getting a persistent image on a USB stick, I guess, is still a problem. I've kind of been out of the loop for the last year. Um, There was something pertinent I was going to add to this that I forgot what it was. Yes, welcome to Richard's Memory, memory Labs Lane.
1: <laughs> All right, so I think what we should do is, rather than actually have people, you know, watch paint dry while this installs, is we should go to our next piece of music, and they will probably both end about the same time frame. Let me go ahead and dig up the next piece of music, which is... Seriously, this track is called Don't Penetrate Me. yeah baby yes it is seriously I'm
0: telling you it's going downhill (laughs) that's
2: what that's that's what got me listening to it it's kind of like the the title was just too good to resist
0: I thought we had reached the depths of depravity by (laughs) episode 100 but apparently you guys been digging
2: (laughs) No. No, oh no and we still have a long way to go
0: just All right, keep the rubber, just keep the rubber gloves handy.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to go, lied, big fella. Yeah. So, while Solidex completes its install, I'm going to go ahead and play this track that Pete selected, just so everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the album is called The Sway, and the group is called The Sway. And it's a track that's called the Sway Silk EP. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm just going to truncate. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, it's about three and a half minutes long. These folks are from the UK in London. And as I've already mentioned, the track is called Don't Penetrate Me. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to that. And uh, we'll see what we've heard on the other side. One thing we have learned is that music and installation of Solid X are not compatible.
0: You remember the good old days when songs were about three minutes long?
1: Well, that was three minutes long, plus about 17 minutes of interruption.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought it was me.
1: No, it wasn't. It wasn't you. <laughs> But anyway, now I'm I'm booting SolidX as an install distribution on my machine, and it looks pretty slick. The desktop is nice. The uh, interface is very typical of XFCE, if anyone is is familiar with that. It's a nice lightweight desktop. It is working beautifully in my virtual machine environment. And of course, it uses Synaptic for the package manager. So I'm going to see if I can find some ham radio software in here, which shouldn't be that difficult. They go ahead and Yay. look up, like, G-Predict. So I did a search in the software manager for G-Predict. And look, there it is. So I can go ahead and double-click on that and click on the Install button. And it's going ahead and installing as we speak right now. So it's uh, 50% complete. And I don't know what to say about this distribution because I haven't really, you know, dived into it really deeply. But as far as, uh, you know click three buttons and get something working kind of install. It certainly fits the bill. Gpredict G predict is just about to finish installing here. So I'm going to see if I can fire it up and get it working. So it finished installing. There it is. Gnome predict satellite tracker. Click on that, fire it up and it's running. Look at that. Cool. Just like a typical Debian or mint or Ubuntu install, all the applications uh, for ham radio that are associated with uh, Debian are there. SolidX looked like it was a real simple install. And of course, the, uh, the live version came with the installer built in, so super easy to use there. And one of my favorite things about it, as is my favorite thing about all distributions that support it, is you can get the distribution via BitTorrent. And the reason I like that is because you can get the distribution so much faster via BitTorrent than you can just downloading it from a typical mirror site. So uh, maybe some one of these days we should uh, take a more in-depth look at Solid X and Solid K. But if you want a nice lightweight interface type desktop that supports ham radio software straight out of the repositories, you could do far worse than Solid X and Solid K, which, uh, as we said before, you can find at Solid X K, S-O-L-Y-D-X-K dot com. I think that's pretty much the end of like all the content we had. As far as the stuff we came up with, but we've got a bunch, and I mean a bunch of feedback, including two voicemails, which is like totally awesome.
2: <laughs> and
1: unheard of, I think. Two Perhaps in the same so, episode. yeah, I think two in the same episode may be a first. So uh we should probably play these. What do you think? For sure. Go for it. The first one is from an old friend too. Yeah, the first one is from an old the friend. Show. Yes. From an old fr- your friend and mine, Rich, KD0RG. Uh, so we should go ahead and play this, and here it is. This is Rich.
4: Hi, guys. It's uh, Rich, KD0RG, again. But anyway, I wanted to thank Russ for going to Dayton and uh, uh, telling everybody about free software for anyone who, uh, you know. Well, no. Don't don't play it. Geez, never mind. Hey, Russ, I had some ideas. <laughs> I was going to say some about... How it's not really a, <laughs> some people might see it as a vacation for you, but it's not. Going to a convention and working a booth, it's work. But anyway, um, I have some ideas, I don't know if they can be implemented this year, but maybe next year. Uh, a ham QTH, I don't know if you have internet access, but if you could have ham QTH going, because I don't think a lot of people know about it, and then you could have them, uh, update their profiles at your booth. Um, I, I don't know, anyway, that's one idea. And the other one is, um, let's see, well, you've, you've probably got some of these things covered at SDR um, running with uh, GQRX in the background or something like that, just on uh, like 145, no, 146.5 or something like that, and so people can see all the conversations going on around. Anyway, you, I think you, you showed off some software the other, um, when we were there, like you had some things going But anyway, I thought uh, the sign up for Ham QTH thing or, or, you know, so people can update their profile because no login required. Anyway, talk to you later. Thanks for the show and all the great episodes, and thanks for going to Dayton. Bye. All
1: right. Very cool. I like that idea. That is a cool idea. We do definitely show off uh, SDR when we're there. We usually have a Web SDR page set up so that people can see how cool that is, the whole idea of software-defined radio and and getting uh, ham radio content via the web. But uh, leaving a page up or at least having access to a page linked to ham QTH so that people who come by the booth can actually update their information on the ham QTH site is very cool. And we will definitely do that. I think it's worth doing. And interestingly, um, this, Pete hasn't heard this episode yet because it hasn't been released bit yet, but episode 128, when it comes out, was an interview with OK2CQR, Peter Hlodzek uh, from the Czech Republic, who is the creator of Hem QTH.
2: That's right. Yeah, I was aware of that. So. I knew what was going on, even if I haven't heard it.
1: That's right. But, uh, you will, you will have heard that episode before you hear this episode. Uh, I'm not but talking I'm to on you this p- episode. No, so I'm not talking, talking to you, Pete. I'm talking to everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you'll know all about HamQTH and, uh, having access to that at Hamvention is a really cool idea. Thanks, Rich, for that. And we will definitely implement that. Easy to yeah, do sure. and uh, consider it done. So uh,
2: it'll be done. I promise.
1: It will be done. Let's do it. So, thanks. Uh, thanks I'd Rich. also like
2: to thank Rich for, um, for being such a regular contributor to a voicemail. He's probably the most consistent voicemailer, and, and I think that's awesome. And uh, Rich, for those of you who don't know, uh, and his son run uh, an equally great podcast called uh, Low SWR, you guys should check out, uh, that comes out on a, in a non regular fashion, but the uh, content is always entertaining. And uh, uh, Rich, uh, get on that. I want to hear another episode.
1: I would like to hear another episode as well. We don't hear nearly enough out of uh, the lowest. He's too busy listening
2: to us. That's the problem.
1: Maybe maybe so. Maybe we're slightly above him in podcast world. I don't know. Maybe. No, I doubt that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, we do have more feedback, more voice feedback, which is freaking amazing, actually. Uh, But so cool that we have it. Uh, We have another voicemail from Rob, Kilo7, Romeo Mike Alpha. So we should probably go ahead and play that too, because he wants to hear himself. So here we go.
5: Hey, LHS, this is Rob, K7RMA, Kilo7, Radio Mike America. I'm new to Linux and enjoying it a lot. And one of the really cool things about Linux is the do-it-yourself nature of things. That's where computers and ham radios were born, in people's garages and attics and workshops but that's also a problem because companies don't make money on open source software. They don't make it easy to integrate. Case in point, I've been an SWL, a shortwave listener, pretty much all my life, but just recently got my license and first transceiver, the new Yaesu FTDX 1200. It's a great rate too. To connect the radio to my computer, they sell an accessory interface called the SCU 17. Now, to allow the SCU17 interface to work, you need to have the proper drivers installed on your computer. I'm using Linux Mint 16, so the appropriate driver. I searched in Software Manager for the term Yesu, but got no results. Then I searched the term SI Labs, the maker of the driver, but also got no results. So I went to the SI Labs website, found their download page, and sure enough, they did have drivers available for Linux. Now that struck me as very cool because Yesu Tech Support told me in writing and on the phone that they didn't recommend Linux. They simply hadn't done any testing on it. Ha. Well, I'm glad their suppliers like SI Labs have. So I downloaded the SI Labs drivers, but they're just sitting in my download folder. Being new to Linux, I'm not sure how then to actually install these drivers wherever it is they actually need to be in the computer yesu aren't any help and linux forums seem to clam up as soon as you say something scary like ham radio (laughs) so i'm hoping you guys can help thanks very much in advance
1: all right well i didn't realize that i was actually gonna have to answer a question after i listened to that email work yes i know now we've got to go to work
2: um and i'm not i'd like to say welcome, Rob. Welcome to uh, Linux. I think that's awesome that you're a new Linux user, and uh, he echoed my sentiments from a little bit earlier saying that uh, uh, Linux and ham radio have one thing in common, and that's the uh, discovery uh, aspect and, and the, uh, uh, the fact that uh, it's very do-it-yourself. So uh, good on you for thinking like me.
0: I remember a guy who used to preach that. I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, we have no idea who that would be. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Rob, thanks very much for the voicemail. And I would su- I would suggest that if the download for- from the SI Labs website is in the form of a package, whether it be an RPM package or a dev package, that installation of those drivers would actually be very simple. Uh, assuming that you're using the distribution for which that package was made. If you are not and the drivers are in something akin to a tarball, like a tar.z or a tar.bz or a .tgz file, there may be more to the installation than a simple you know, package manager instruction to get those files built
2: yeah and I've had this problem too exactly as a new linux user is is not having the appropriate drivers and then once you find them, what the hell do you do with them
1: I'm going to go ahead and check take a look at the s i labs website and I'm going to check out what drivers are available for linux, and I'm going to send you an email uh detailing how I think you need to install those drivers. I haven't done this up till now um because I didn't know really what the content of your voicemail was, so I wasn't able to to sort of get this done beforehand. Um, but i will get in touch with you and let you know you know what the installation procedure for these drivers should be so you can get them working for your yezu rig because we definitely want you to you know be able to use linux in the way that you want and since s i labs was actually decent enough to create linux drivers regardless of what yezu says uh, it would be nice if you could get this rig going. So we will definitely try and help you out, but I'm going to try and do that via email as opposed to via the podcast because I think this is probably going to be more involved than is really effective doing it that way. Rob, thanks again. Uh, we love the voicemail and uh, glad that you are with us and, and a member of our community, and we and I personally will be in touch with you on getting those drivers installed.
2: So let me get this straight. You don't listen to the voicemails before you air them.
1: Uh, no. Well, sometimes, so, sometimes, so but not this time. Somebody says
2: something they're not supposed to, like, like, like vagina or f- badger.
1: Well, then we just badger them out.
2: <laughs> or f- badger
1: vagina. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's what editing is for. Don't you know? I mean, because the unedited version is worthy of you know airing as well.
2: Yeah, but there's people listening. Sometimes they're young. Harrison's not there tonight, I don't think cuz I haven't heard any I haven't seen any comments in the uh in the text box
1: there.
0: I oh, thought we ran Harrison off.
1: Yeah, I don't think no, so.
2: No,
0: he's, he's harder to run off than
2: you
1: think. Oh. <laughs> he's like a wildebeest. beast. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks, guys. Thanks for the voicemails. Um, those, are, those are very much appreciated. And if you want to send us a voicemail, we will have details at the end of the show. But uh, for right now, we've got some more feedback we need to get to. And uh, guess what, Pete? You're going to do the next one.
2: Comment on episode 124 from uh, Rob Branch Dash. Uh, he says, thanks for the Less more E. Less more E. <laughs> the Less more E. Truck. Brilliant. I've heard the same about some clubs being cliquey, and we've talked about this before. This podcast was talking about this uh, even way before uh, I was a member of the podcast. I remember... uh, uh, Russ and Richard mentioning uh, mentioning, mentioning the cliquiness of uh, certain clubs and how it really has no place in ham radio. But anyways, I've heard uh, the same about some clubs being cliquey, But I think a lot of that may be due to two things. First, there's a number of experienced hams who may feel that newer hams have it too easy with modern radios and licensing requirements. So they look down their noses at them. Yeah, that might be the case, but it's certainly not a reason to be cliquey. But anyways, uh, he continues, that's a minority, uh, but a very vocal and sometimes obnoxious one, unfortunately. Second, there's a learning curve with the terms and technology. To be fair, some newbies may feel like club members are talking over their heads deliberately when that's not the case. It's like walking into a room filled with intellectuals speaking in a foreign language. So even when clubs try to be welcoming, they may still have little for newcomers. Uh, look at any copy of the ARRL's magazine. Uh, what's there for the fresh-faced new hams? Yeah, I agree, eh? Usually just about nothing. It's, the same, uh, it's, it's a shame that clubs and the QST magazine don't regularly have chapters and features specifically for new hands. Linux in the ham shack is cool. Yes, it is. But how about newbie in the ham shack? Now we're talking. Well, Rob, let me tell you, ever since episode 100, you, you have a newbie in the ham shack. Uh, certainly newbie to Linux, because I'm certainly a novice when it comes to that and uh, uh, openly admit that. Uh, newbie in the ham shack, I've been a ham for about 15 to 18 years, but I uh, certainly don't claim to know everything. Uh, as for the comments about the magazines... I'd like to say that I'm particularly proud of TCA Magazine, uh, now that this has been mentioned. TCA Magazine is uh, the Canadian amateur, so the equivalent to the ARL's magazine, QST, here in Canada. Um, They have a section every month specifically called... My goodness, I just forgot what it was called. But it's a a column specifically geared to the new amateur radio. So it'll have topics uh, that for some of us who have been in the hobby for many years uh, seem quite trivial. But if you're new to the hobby, uh, it uh, welcomes the new Hammond. So uh, way to go, uh, TCA Magazine and uh, all you other magazines out there. And I'm not just picking on uh, the U.S. magazines and, and clubs. Uh, should do a little bit more to welcome uh, new members. I really like the second point about how uh, people have been around forever, you know, seeming like they're talking over newbies' heads on purpose when really they're not. Um, I never really looked at it that way, and, and that's kind of a, an interesting uh, point of view.
1: I don't know what you all guys think about that.
0: Well, I think— Well, uh, uh, that's—go ahead, Russ.
1: Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think all all ham radio endeavors should be— uh, welcoming of new users i mean if if not for them then where do those endeavors lead except to oblivion so go ahead richard well
0: no i was just gonna say if a I- if I look at you and I say your your IPC is not communicating down the LIN bus to your uh, uh PCM on your car, you know, that's gonna the guys I work with are gonna understand that, but somebody who walks into a place I work uh, probably not going to. What I would suggest is there's plenty of good amateur radio uh podcasts out there. That are amateur radio, not so not so much Linux, that are geared towards the new guy. Early episodes of Practical Amateur Radio podcast, low SWR. Oh yes, and that old granddaddy of. Uh, podcast for the the new and used ham uh, resonant frequency the amateur radio podcast which is not currently in production however it is out there and available all they have to do is go over to the website any of these websites and pick up the uh, older episodes sometimes podcasters get a little stale in later episodes or uh, they have other commitments but these early ones they're they're packed with information for new radio guys and um most of them will not talk over this guy's head. Any of the, the new amateur radio operators uh, should be able to follow the, these programs, at least in the early episodes, without any problems at all. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, for those, for those who say. didn't listen to the live show, the last minute and 30 seconds were just cut out. Uh, <laughs> Come on. That's probably the most intelligent thing that was said all episodes. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, uh, thanks, Rob, for the feedback. Good to hear from you, and uh, we we try and keep our you know topics at least sort of semi pertinent to the new hams, uh, if not entirely pertinent, because we know that that's what the future of ham radio is, and we try and keep them involved. I don't, I can't speak for the AWRL or QST magazine or or any of those other things, but uh, they could probably take a page from that book and uh, and learn to be welcoming to the new folk. I mean, Elmering is what it's all about.
0: It is. Yep, and the new guys, they're scared of uh, going out and Elmering themselves, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the deal. Anybody who's taken you under your under their wing, is, when you were a new amateur, amateur radio operator, um, they were a new amateur operator once, and it's kind of a pass-it-down kind of thing. You know, the technology is great, and it's kind of hard to keep pace with most of the time. But every Elmer was a new ham at some point, and every new Ham will be an Elmer at some point. You just got to figure out you gotta figure out what the point is where you're going to start quit being one and start being the other.
2: You mentioned PARP, too, with Jerry Taylor Practical Amateur Radio Podcast. He was actually not that uh, advanced in his ham radio career when he started the uh, Practical Amateur Radio Podcast. So kudos to him, too, for becoming an Elmer very early on in his ham career. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool.
0: When he first contacted me, he'd been licensed just a few weeks. Really? Excellent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
2: Cool.
1: Indeed. <laughs> Indeed, an uncomfortable silence. <laughs> uh, by the way, the Practical Amateur Radio Podcast, hosted by KD0BIK, uh can be found at myamateurradio.com dot com. If you're not aware of that, and I'm surprised if you listen to this show that you're not aware of that. But if you aren't, you should definitely check it out.
0: Well, you know, I promote these guys because. Um most of them contacted me at some point because I apparently had the only program where that was talking where the new guys could understand the old guys could understand.
1: I know Richard, you're the godfather uh, of ham radio. Shut up.
0: Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> and all these guys took the, you know, helped the new guys out thing and and ran with it. And I'm proud of every one of them. We should it's all be like proud of chi- like my children's.
1: Are you proud of all your children? I thought we heard otherwise on Facebook.
0: Well, these are like the children I'm proud of. Oh, I see. (laughs) If I had children, I was proud of.
1: Uh, (laughs) We should probably move on. (laughs) Pete decided to skip over some feedback from uh, Dan AF7O, so we should probably read that one. Well,
2: huh. that one, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's
1: okay. So well,
0: wait a minute. Wait a minute. Point. One more thing before we move on. Okay. I was talking to the IT guy at work. We got a bunch of hams working where I work, and they're, they're really stealthy. We got one guy that's a Chrysler engineer, and then we got another guy that's in IT and that kind of stuff. Anyway, I'm standing talking to the IT guy, and he gives me his call, sign. we talk a little bit, and he's talking about uh, that video where I was doing the— the low-power stuff, what uh, what was it, WSJT or something like that, that he found on YouTube. By way of that, he found resonant frequency. And when we were standing there talking, I told him he needed to come over and listen to this show because he is also, uh, when he's not having to work inside of a Windows shop, uh, in fact, he's sneaking Linux into the Windows shop. All of a sudden, he says he's trying to get a, a Linux server in every single uh every single dealership that is owned by the uh, parent company. So we know that Linux is creeping in, at least in the uh, in the automotive field. All right. So, maybe cars you will go. stop
2: crashing by themselves, and <laughs> maybe
0: gas pedals will stop getting stuck. I was trying to get him off of Slackware, though.
1: I you know Google Google is developing uh, auto driven cars and you know that's going to be based on Linux and I know some of the entertainment and navigation and uh, information systems on some cars is based on Linux as well. We've talked about that in the past. so it's coming there you go. It definitely is. So uh, we should probably move on to this uh, comment on episode number hundred and eleven that's a few episodes back from Dan, uh, Alpha Fox seven Oscar. He says, uh, "Back in episode number one eleven, y'all introduced me to, and the, and the y'all, y'all was actually in the email. It wasn't just me saying that. Uh, y'all introduced me to Crunchbang, which I have now used to replace XP on my older Shack laptop. I'm documenting some of my misadventures at my no-sched-required blog as I try to navigate Hamlib, configure CQR log, and FL digi." And try to end up with working wine instead of sour grapes. Seven three from Dan Alpha Foxtrot Seven Oscar. Uh, so thanks, Dan, for that comment. I'm glad you've become a listener of the show, and it's uh, interesting that you're you're going to switch over from Windows XP to Crunchbang. I hope that works out uh, really well for you. If you're interested in seeing his trials and tribulations with converting from Windows to Linux, you can see that at http://alphafoxtrot7oscar.campclan.net. Stroke, stroke, uh, apparently, he's documenting all of his his uh, updates and upgrades there. I have not checked the website out, but uh, if you're interested, go ahead. There's the URL. Anyone else have anything to say on that before I move on?
0: Well, I was kind of hoping Crunchy was still active because at some point I'm going to go get a copy and, and put it on uh, probably the machine I use for backups around the house and stuff. But, you know, I had pretty good success with it on, uh, uh, what was it, D-Star Digital and some other stuff. And had to, even had to run it on that t- almost 20-year-old laptop I had going around here at one point. I really like CrunchBang. If you want something that is truly minimal and you can customize it any way you want, CrunchBang is the one. And it runs really good on really old equipment.
2: Yeah, I've actually played with CrunchBang and CrunchBang Lite, and I must say I enjoy it uh, quite a bit myself. So there you go.
1: Give CrunchBang a try. And, of course, it's Debian derivative. Therefore, it is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we have some more feedback. We have an email from Gene Anderson, who is Kilo Charlie 9 Sierra Foxtrot Oscar, or get this call sign, Bravo X-Ray 8 Alpha Alpha Delta. That is probably one of the coolest call signs I've ever heard. And he listens to this show. Gene says, Russ, I enjoyed meeting you at last year's Dayton Hamvention. Since then, I have been gradually listening to more and more of your podcasts. Today, I tried to download episode number 31, but I seem to not have any success. Neither could I listen to a live stream of the episode via the web page. Is there some sort of a problem with the server? I will try again later. And uh, thanks again for your fine show. It may take a couple of years, but I hope to eventually be all caught up. 73 Gene Anderson. And uh, just because I want to say that call sign again, it's Bravo X-Ray 8 Alpha Alpha Delta. That's that's cool.
0: <laughs> well, that's because 31 was a joke.
1: Was 31 a joke? I don't even know. But he, he sent a yeah, follow-up to we, that, actually, that said he was able to download it shortly after he emailed me. So apparently there was no problem. It was just something on his end. Uh, so he was actually able to listen to episode 31, and that's that's very cool. I'm glad that he's a listener. Uh, and BX8, by the way, is a Thailand call sign. So... Very cool that we're listened to by folks in Thailand. Uh, folks, or, called Jean. folks called Gene. Folks called Gene,
0: uh, yes. Apparently thirty-one's <laughs> not working right then because we put an empty file in there just to mess with people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently he's got content that he's, you know, maybe he's imagining it. I don't know. He's heard something. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> he is in Thailand, you know.
1: Maybe he spends a lot of time listening to DXCQ and... Uh, <laughs> You know, he's just hearing stuff from the ether. I don't know. Maybe it's just background uh, radiation from the Big Bang.
0: Ah, yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> so anyway, thanks, Gene. We really appreciate you listening. Obviously, uh, you're, it so- sounds like you're an Anglophone or an Anglophile or, you know, sort of like, a, like a guy who once lived in the United States who's actually either living and working or both in uh, Thailand now. But either way, it doesn't matter. We're, listen- we're being listened to in Thailand. I don't care if you're originally from Kentucky. Well, oh, actually, with a nine call, he's probably from, like, Indiana. But anyway. I don't know. Ask Ted. Why do we need no, to No, he,
0: he got a zero call, did not he? Yeah, Ten he nine. has a
1: zero call. He's he's from Iowa. He's he's an yeah. Iow, Iowa Knight. Who was right, the other guy? Who? What other guy?
0: one that did the show notes.
1: Oh, Harrison?
0: No, the other guy.
1: Oh, Bill. you're talking about Bill. Yeah.
0: Bill, our old secretary. Yeah, yeah. Bill.
1: Yeah, Bill. I, I haven't heard from Bill in a long time. Maybe we need to try and get a hold of Bill. Wasn't he sure. a nine uh k9wka yes he was a nine yep so there you go
0: wow i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back to my promise go ahead
1: okay well we have uh one final bit of feedback and this is from this is a comment on episode number 127 from steve taylor and this feedback is two words long and those two words are not as pete suggested badger you (laughs) (laughs) i never said that yes you did but rather, go Cheryl, yeah, all right, <laughs> so uh this was apparently in reference to our April Fool's episode episode number one twenty seven so uh apparently he really liked the uh, discourse on um recipes, so there you go <laughs> <laughs> nice,
0: being in a witch wasn't she in here earlier
1: yes she's she's here, I think, still, hopefully, maybe <laughs> I made a cookie. Oh, no, she's gone. Where did she go? Let me see if I can get her back on. Why did she go? She disappeared. You're not supposed to disappear. Had not heard her in a while. Especially when the, you know, when the feedback is about you, you're not supposed to disappear. Thanks, Steve, for the feedback. Cheryl apparently
0: decided to. That was a problem with Brenda a while ago. She'd been pushing buttons on the remote. She broke something.
1: Well, we're we're basically done with the show, so I guess we should probably go ahead and wrap this up. So
0: no, 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 no.
1: Yeah, yeah, we need to because we're over two hours on my recording. So
0: well, that's the problem. Our, you you hand of that, that off to the code. editing department; that's their problem.
1: Okay, Cheryl says she's going to reboot, so I'll wait a little longer. We have a really hefty social media roundup. I was just going to say,
2: uh. Really, really quick. Uh, more than 300 amateur radio volunteers uh, supported the 2014 Boston Marathon. So, uh, good on you guys. Uh, last April 21st, uh, 300 amateur radio volunteers. That's pretty spectacular. Spectacular. Anyhow, carry on. I was going to throw that in there, but then, but then I did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, anyway, I think I was in the middle of saying thanks, Steve, for the feedback. I'm sure Cheryl will appreciate it once she actually hears it. But anyway, it's time to move on to the close of the show, which includes our social media roundup, which unfortunately Cheryl is not here to do and cannot get reconnected. So sadly, I must do it. So anyway, we've got some donations and subscriptions, mostly subscriptions. Uh, we've got some re-ups from Jeremy Hall, Scott Pettigrew, Bill Arcand, Gary Utz, Bill Hyatt, Brian Smith, and Steve Conklin. We also have a new subscription, a, a new old subscription from High Chance. He was a subscriber a year or two ago, and he got pissed off at us, or, or specifically me, <laughs> uh, because I didn't do something he requested and I told him I would, you know, make good on that. And he said, Well, if you make good on that, I will re up. Well, guess what? He re upped. So awesome. Thanks. Welcome back. Hi. Uh yeah, good. Cool. Good to see you again. Uh I guess he didn't stop listening to the show. He just stopped donating, but now he's back. So awesome. good
2: on you, Russ, for making good on your promise.
1: I, I make good whenever possible.
2: So
0: I'm just trying to figure out how many times you have to go to the plastic surgeon to get a name like that.
1: Like hi? Uh, I'm not I sure. I think that's
2: a cool name, Hi Chance. I, I think
1: that's an awesome name. Uh, it is an awesome name. I'm not sure what nationality that name is. It sounds sort of vaguely Chinese, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, Chance doesn't. No, Chance doesn't.
2: But, hey, who knows? Let's piss him off again so he doesn't <laughs> you know, come
1: back. <laughs> well, I, that's right. I've already got his 20 well, bucks. So. I'm, I'm <laughs>
2: honestly curious, hi uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to know the etymology of that name.
1: Well, perhaps we will find out in the next episode.
0: I want you to know after a rough go, I'm pretty I'm getting back into my old form, so I'm looking to piss people off wherever possible. So
1: Good. Well, we <laughs> can make sure I keep my finger on the button so we can cut you off as, you know, at a moment's notice. Uh anyway, we also have some new followers or some new likes, rather, over on Facebook. Those would be Tracy Nash, Dan Camp, Steve Nielsen, David Gwynn, and Alan Lachlan. So, thanks, guys, for liking us over on Facebook. We have some Google Plus followers. We have landoflinux.com. Thomas. <laughs> I always <I> <laughs> that. that. Landoff. I was like, Landoff Linux. That's an interesting name. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Land,
2: Land of Linux makes a lot more sense.
1: <laughs> yes. We also have Thomas Behrens, Tom P., Tony Langer, Jim Newman, Jeffrey Austin, Dan Camp, Dave Double, which is a cool name, Sasha G., and Robert Furlong. Uh, Over on Twitter, we've got some new Twitter followers. We've got Dave, which is at Filey Dave, F-L-I-E-Y, D-A-V-E. We've got Jeff. F-I-L-E-Y. Isn't that what I said? You said F-L-I-E-Y. Flyy, oh, okay. Well, just just listen to Pete. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, We also have Jeffrey Doherty, which is at N C K A B B A L A H and Nick Abala or something like that. We also have Andy, which is Golf Juliet Seven Romeo Whiskey Tango 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 Tango. Golf Juliet7, Romeo Whiskey Tango. We have uh, Whiskey4J C M, Whiskey4 Juliet Charlie Mike. We have Alex T who is at DX Information. We have Tom Styles at Ham Radio eighty eight. So thanks cool. guys for uh, following us over on Twitter. Twitter's been smoking the last few uh, weeks, I've noticed. We got a lot of new uh,
2: we got a lot of new followers quite regularly. Cause I get the uh, notification every time we have a new follower it seems like they're coming in every day so thanks you guys yeah it's very cool. Active in the tweet world
1: and, and my my twitter account i'm going to say this on here so i don't actually have to post a tweet which i've been wanting to do for the last week uh my my twitter account is at jr woodman juliet romeo woodman whiskey oscar oscar delta mike alpha november uh for anybody who wants to survive to subscribe to me personally on Twitter, and uh, I've been wanting to say for the last week, I've been wanting to send a tweet that says, "I have 1,000 Twitter followers." Your argument, do you really? Your argument is invalid. And wow. I Brilliant. figured what would happen is, as soon as I did that, all of them would go away. So, <laughs> so I didn't do no. it. <laughs> but yes, I have just reached 1,000 Twitter followers. I'm so psyched wow. about that. That's that's I think awesome. I got like five. <laughs> so anyway uh that's that's that and we have uh, a new subscriber on our mailing list mike zero kilo echo kilo m zero E K from the uk so that's or, mo-kek. Cool. or mokek that's right so thanks everyone for uh subscribing to our podcast on the various social media networks that exist out there it's great to have you all with us and uh hope you're all listening to the show regularly We'd like to hear from you. We uh, are going to tell you where you can contact us here in just a second because I think the show is about over and we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to start the outro music, but I'm going to let Richard, uh, you know, get a chance to jump in here one more time and uh, derail things as he usually does. So,
0: well, no, that was a promise earlier. I said I was going to hold to my promise. I was going to. I promised myself before I went and plugged these headphones in that I wasn't going to sidetrack, derail, confuse. Uh, uh, get get Russ too far off track because Pete is apparently doing a good job with that, and <laughs> so uh, that that's pretty much it. I, I thank you all for showing up for this episode. Uh, even though the Richard parts will probably be cut out, and we never did get to talk Nick, uh, Peter Nicolitis, and I'm kind of upset about that, but it'll be okay. So y'all go on ahead.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I think we're about done. But uh, thanks, uh, Pete, for being here, and thanks, Cheryl, for being here as well. Sorry, we couldn't get you back on for the for the end of the show for doing the stuff that you usually do. I'm not sure what the issue was there, but we, I tried. I tried like many, many times. So not sure what's up with that. And thanks, Richard, for your surprise jump in guest appearance. That was that was pretty cool. And maybe we'll see more of you in the future. I yeah, I hope know. so.
0: I want you to know, I had to root past. Eight to 15 uh, totes and dig around, and luckily, I put all the stuff on the desk in a tote that is a different color than all the rest, so I was able to locate it. So we ended up with the headphones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, good deal. It, it It made it so that you were here, which is what's important, so... And uh I guess that's about it. We're gonna wrap up episode number one twenty nine, so I'm gonna hit the button and Pete's gonna go ahead and lead us out. Sound good, Pete? Uh yeah, for
2: sure, now that I'm unmuted. <laughs> All right, uh, please check out our website, HTTP slash slash info, where you can become an LHS ambassador. If you visit the website, you can see what the upcoming events are and information on how you can represent Linux in the ham shack at a nearby Linux con or ham fest. Uh, you can email us at... Info at LHSpodcast.info or leave us a voicemail. We love voicemail. 1909 LHS Show or one nine zero nine five four seven seven four six nine. 547 7469. Hate mail is routed to my good friend Harrison hate mail at lhspodcast.info and we're happy to say that uh, Harrison doesn't get hate mail so that's a good thing subscribe to the mailing list also from the website you can go to uh, cafe press and printfection and get some of our show merchandise each purchase each purchase helps out the show that's www.cafepress.com slash lhspodcast or www.printfection.com slash lhspodcast you can also help out the show by clicking on the Sponsored Ads at the right-hand column of the homepage. Uh, you can listen live to us every other Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central, at the Wednesday, 0200 Zulu. Our recording schedule and countdown timer, countdown timer to the next episode is on the website. And I'm happy to say it works now. Uh, thanks to all of our listeners, live and quasi-live, past, present, and future. We'll see you guys all in a fortnight and uh take it away russ
1: all right that was Pete v 2 xpl and i'm russ of k5 tux you can find me at k5 tux at lhspodcast.info and pretty much every social media networking site that exists on the internet i'm either jr woodman or kilo 5 tango uniform x-ray it's been great to be with you all and Richard and Pete and Cheryl for episode number 129 of Linux in the Ham Shack. And I will say goodbye from between the peaks in the pine forests of north central Arkansas. We will catch you all in a fortnight's time, and we hope you all have a good couple of weeks. Take care, and bye bye.
0: and Leona's Rocks.